Truth Espresso, episode 135. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, this is Daniel Minnick, your host for Truth Espresso and Truth Espresso Express. I hope you're starting to enjoy the wonderful fall weather or whatever, however fall manifests in your area. Um, we're starting to see some fall leaves uh, falling off the trees, the trees turning colors, so yeah, fall is my favorite season of the year because I like the moderate slightly brisk weather over the uh, heat of the summer and the cold of the winter. I like weather where I don't have to um, either bundle up and freeze or, <laughs> you know, like shed and still sweat. You know, I like weather where it's like I could be outside if I wanted to and not really have to you know, deal with it a lot, you know. So that's why I love the fall weather. And so, what is in store for this episode of Truth Espresso Express? Because I am on my way to work. I'm on the main drag uh, behind a line of traffic at the stoplight here, but um, it looks like we're going to start moving here. And <laughs> and there's a dog in the vehicle in front of me, popping his head out the window from side to side. <laughs> it looks like the dog's enjoying the fall weather too, and the <laughs> the the colored uh, trees. So there is something that I want to talk about. I want to encourage Christians. I want to remind Christians about where we stand, how we are citizens of heavenly places. We are in Christ Jesus. He is um, in heaven. He is making his enemies a footstool for his feet. He is reigning from on high until he um, returns. At least that's how I understand the scriptures. But we should know our place, as Jesus said, occupy till I come. We recognize, as Jesus told uh, his disciples, that there would be many who believe that they would do God a favor by persecuting them. And, and also, so those of his own countrymen would be ones who would persecute them and ally with the authorities of the uh, Roman state. And, of course, the Romans would persecute Christians, too, in that early church period. And we should always keep that in mind, that as long as we are strangers and pilgrims in this world, and that we serve the Lord Christ, that we will... Um, as the Bible says, all those who are godly in this world shall suffer persecution, and so we should be ready for that kind of thing. Now, if you have studied a little bit of church history, you might be aware of what was called the pinch of incense. So Caesar 
had a simple rule, and I'm sure Caesar had changed rules over time, but Caesar wanted a united kingdom, and it didn't mean united by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord, it just meant united in having everyone recognize the authority of Caesar over their lives, like Caesar was one of the gods, and yeah, so this was pitched as a political thing. Caesar was not telling anyone that they had to give up their gods. You know, any of the Greeks and the Greek pantheon, the Romans adopted the Greek pantheon uh, of their gods. And so the Romans served the same gods as the Greeks, and the Romans were open to the idea that there could be other gods that existed that they could serve and worship, even of their captors. They were open to the idea that, hey, if you know of a god and you can provide evidence of this god, you know, we will worship him too, and, and you, we certainly allow you to worship your god. And really, that, is, that maintained a lot of kind of uh, peace and longevity for the Roman Empire, because they did allow some degree of freedoms for their citizens, but as long as the citizens, you know, paid taxes, sometimes those taxes were heavy burdens, but most of all, Caesar wanted everyone to know their place and to recognize Caesar as their ultimate human authority. And as the Christians were persecuted in the early church, they weren't persecuted for for recognizing Jesus as their Savior. They weren't persecuted for even calling Yahweh God. Caesar just did not like that the Christians were denying the gods that Caesar worshipped. But even that wasn't really the the biggest problem in Caesar's mind. The biggest problem in Caesar's mind is that the Christians were recognizing the demigod-like authority that Caesar has over their lives. So, they get lots of freedom, they can get protection, they have the right to travel, they have <laughs> the right to associate as long as they also, within their religion, within their civility, recognize that Caesar is Lord. And now, you know, even the, the, the word kurios had informal usages, so for instance, a you know, a, a, an employer or even a husband could be called kurios in um, informal contexts. But the Christians recognize what Caesar meant by expecting them to say Kaiser kurios or Caesar is Lord. And they knew that Caesar wasn't saying that no one else could be called Lord, but no one was Lord in their uh, religion according to Caesar's demands, than Caesar. I mean, they could even believe that there are gods more powerful than Caesar, and they could worship those gods, but they could not uh, resist the idea that Caesar's commands were commands for them that they had to follow. So, yes, Caesar did give a lot of leeway as long as within <laughs> religion... 
You could worship whatever gods you want as long as Caesar was essentially the human version of, you know, of one of their gods and that Caesar had the right to be their king and all at some point in early church history all that Caesar demanded for your freedom to participate in open commerce <laughs> was to offer a pinch of incense upon an altar and the altar would be uh, set up and ins inscribed to recognize that Caesar had this uh, authority and so all you had to do was offer a pinch of incense. It wasn't even on you to have to work and slave away to earn up money and then purchase you know, a, a pound of incense or something like that. Like Caesar wasn't doing this because he wanted all this lavish recognition and you know, sense to fill the air. That wasn't the purpose of the pinch of incense. It was intentionally a pinch to minimize how much it would affect you. And Caesar wasn't even expecting people to have this pinch of incense, <laughs> you know, among their own possessions. Caesar would give it to them. Um, Caesar, like a, a soldier would come to someone's home and desire to check their libelus. Now, the libelus was a certificate, a paper certificate, that said that this household or this individual has offered the pinch of incense that Caesar requires on the altar. And so this ticket was what gave the people their freedom. Caesar recognized that and they would not be punished. They were allowed to do open uh commerce you know they were a full-fledged citizen as long as they you know paid their taxes and didn't resist caesar's demands which were not that many they didn't they didn't have to be caesar's slaves in caesar's court and get whipped they you know they were in some sense freedom and law-abiding citizens you know just pay your taxes and recognize caesar's authority <clears throat> so a soldier would come to the house and and demand to check the libelus now and also recognize that it's possible legitimately possible that someone didn't have a libelus and that wasn't a punishable offense so you know you could rectify that by then the soldier would supervise the person as the person would take the pinch of incense that the soldier would likely have on hand, the soldier would have a stack of libelus, you know, blank libelus that he would be willing to sign and ready to sign, ready to give away, and the soldier would bring the incense, the soldier would provide the altar, and all the person would have to do is take that pinch of incense over the burning altar you know, sprinkle that pinch to have that just that bit of fragrance from that cheap pinch of incense and then simply say, you know, as a devotion, as a commitment, Kaiser Kurios, Caesar is Lord. So it wasn't much, just a pinch. That's all it was. This isn't much of a sacrifice. Hey, we're not, Caesar wasn't saying, you know, give up your God, give up your faith, give up your rituals. 
No, just recognize that Caesar is Lord. <laughs> you know, why not? If, if you can have your one God, or maybe even as a, uh, a Roman citizen who uh, takes on the Pantheon, you have all these gods here. All you have to do is recognize that Caesar is just a human one of them and call him Lord, and he has authority over you. But the Christians recognized, you know, as as Pilate of the Roman, <laughs> you know, the Roman governor Pilate, when Jesus was tried before him and Pilate, um, you know, Jesus would not speak in his own defense and answer questions uh, to try to get out of, you know, the sentence that would inevitably befall him. And Pilate told Jesus, you know, do you not realize that I have the, the power to take your life or to give you your life and set you free? And then Jesus, you know, not to defend himself, <laughs> but to speak the truth, said to Pilate, you have no authority on earth but what is given to you from God Almighty. So Jesus recognized that God is God over Pilate. God is God over Caesar. And Pilate only had the ability he claimed if it was permitted to him from God. So Jesus made the statement that you know even Caesar and even Pilate the governor were subject to the authority and the law of God. And even in all that, you know, Pilate actually did recognize by saying that, you know, I find no fault in him. But, you know, the Jews wanted him crucified. And, of course, you know, the, the Romans, if they felt that he was a threat to Caesar, then, yes, they wanted him crucified. But Pilate didn't see, see anything, any fault in Jesus that would warrant the crucifixion. He wasn't a thief, he wasn't a murderer, and he wasn't, um, you know, as examined, he wasn't leading a political rebellion uh, to append Caesar. So, you know, perhaps he was um, just a deluded sage telling people goofy moral principles and stuff and and people wanted to make him a king but he didn't show um, that he was intending to take a crown and you know in Pilate's mind and all this and so yeah like sure delusional sure but guilty no <laughs> but Jesus did tell him that God is the one who has ultimate authority not him and not Caesar and, you know, as Jesus mentions the truth, Pilate asks the question, what is truth? So that is a very revealing statement on Pilate's part to show that, you know, okay, when you're so fixated on uh, this pantheon of gods, who knows what other god might be out there, uh, truth is whatever... Caesar on his whim wants just to keep loyalty to Caesar and stuff so someone who's serving in Caesar's court might start to ask the question 
what really is truth. And Jesus is the one in John 14 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what Christians recognize in the early church. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the one that had the power of life and death. Jesus is the one who said, no one takes my life from me. I give it of my own will. Even before Pilate, Jesus said that God is the one who has the authority to give it to you. And so Pilate was basically an instrument in God's plan that Jesus would be the sacrifice and then Jesus would show the power to conquer sin and death by being raised from the dead and ascend to heaven. And remember, as Jesus, before he ascended, he told his disciples, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and teach all nations or disciple the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, before he left, told his disciples, before he ascended up to heaven, told his disciples that he has all a power, all authority. And the early Christians recognized that. And so the little demand of Caesar to give that pinch of incense, it wasn't much. It didn't take physical effort. It didn't take um, saving up money to buy something. It didn't make, uh, Caesar did not demand that people perform a year of labor to get a certificate. No, Caesar did not expect someone to climb a high mountain or, you know, uh, devote their life in slavery to Caesar. Caesar was not asking much. In fact, Caesar intentionally made it very minuscule, uh, physically speaking. All you had to do here, we're offering it to you for free. All you've got to do is do this little action to show your loyalty to Caesar. But that was the problem. The Christians recognized in simply burning incense on an altar and saying, Caesar is Lord, is to deny the authority of Christ. So they, Christians, were known for saying, Jesus Kurios, Jesus is Lord, in defiance of Kaiser Kurios, Caesar is Lord. And so the Christians, you know, they could not do Caesar's little gesture of loyalty. And that was why they were persecuted. They weren't even persecuted for saying Jesus is Lord because even Caesar could say uh, Zeus is Lord or Ares is Lord. But <laughs> the, the people had to recognize that Caesar is their Lord in a uh, not only political but a somewhat religious sense. They had to recognize that Caesar had some kind of divine power over them, and Christians could not submit to that, no matter how minuscule the gesture. And so all that persecution, all the whippings, being thrown to wild beasts, you know, think of the murder of Polycarp, um, you know, being burned at the stake, these gruesome deaths, these, the gruesome pain that Christians went through. 
just because they couldn't burn a pinch of incense on an altar and get a little certificate. And yes, there were many who, there were some who did compromise on that and justify it besides saying, well, look, you know, God does give government's authority and the, uh, the faithful would have to remind them. Um, what they're claiming is not the authority that Jesus has said that the government has. They're not Lord in that sense. They have no religious claim unless they worship God Almighty and um, enforce God's law, the second table of the law, and have no religious claim to divine authority for their own uh, man-centered whims. And so that... <laughs> that was the big problem. And now today, you know, in many ways today, you know, I could think of one big issue that is causing a lot of divisions, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The one big issue of the day that if we take whatever country even, the, the executive leaders of the country... You know, who are losing their patience with people who are not submitting to taking their little pinch of incense. Uh, you know, it isn't much, really. Um, of course, that thing today, you know, I think that there is more to it in the sense that, it, you know, there could be um, physical ramifications possible. But even if there weren't, it's a claim to authority that Christians, if they know their Bibles and understand how God has set up authority, how God's law that governs humanity, where God says, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. God's law is supreme, and the only authority that a government has is in enforcing God's law. They cannot usurp the place of God, even in you know, half of a sense. They have no authority but what God gives them. And so, yes, many times and on many issues, there's especially a big one today, but, you know, the issues of, uh, say, transgenderism or, you know, just bowing to some kind of social agenda, you know, just bake a cake, you know, and it's it's you know and they want to minimize it into the thing into simply the physical act of baking a cake or the physical act of eating a cookie as it's being called by some people now it's just the physical act can't you just minimize it simply to that but recognize that you know now there are many people who legitimately might want to do the physical act and they actually could have a legitimate reason for it you know they they might recognize that it's in their interest for their own health to eat the cookie or uh, take the pinch of incense you know if it were if the incense itself could had a, a a medical healing for their disease you know there there can be legitimate reasons for it but if the reason for doing it is to submit to caesar is lord 
and it w- and therefore compromise the truth the absolute truth the truth that is Jesus the truth that all authority is given to Jesus and Jesus is Lord in the sen- ultimate sense and Lord over everyone and no one has authority or law um, that is at their whim above the law of Christ the law of God then Christians cannot do the pinch of incense for that reason <laughs> you know because you know it, it could even there could even be legitimate reasons to take a pinch of incense and burn it you know for medical reasons or healing or whatever but if taking the pinch of incense is uh, you know open acknowledgement of the lordship of caesar then christians must fight it no matter what the consequences yeah, that is what I'm encouraging you to do and to recognize. I'm hoping that enough Christians will start to open their eyes and see the big picture here. See the pinch of incense for more than what it is. It's not just simply a physical act or a a minute demand of just taking a pinch of incense and burning on an altar and saying some words. It is about demonstrating what you believe to be the absolute truth and that no one has a right to claim absolute truth apart from the absolute truth of God. And the world does not like that. They want to believe that they can have legitimate control over the very lives of human beings and they do not like the message of the word of God. They can't stand the authority of God. They can't stand the claims of Christianity. And so it's possible when you have compromising Christians who will will claim to be Christians, but say that it's no big deal. And the world will say, look, here are the real Christians. They'll have their arguments to say, hey, be like this Christian. See, we're not against Christians. Uh, You know, we allow you to be fully Christians, but all you got to do is do this. But yeah, if that's all you have to do, it's too much to deny the ultimate authority, the ultimate truth, the law of God, the authority of Christ is something that a true Christian should never, ever compromise for any reason, be willing to stand up and take whatever consequences would be offered to you for not doing Caesar's little gesture. Well, I just parked at work. And so I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth Express. So I hope it was an encouragement that there are <laughs> there are many with this mindset. There are many Christians, you might not be aware of it, who are not willing to burn Caesar's pinch of incense, whatever that may be. And so stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso and Truth Espresso Express. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day.
Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.